The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot Podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Welcome back. Another episode of Golden Boot. It's your boy Pooh Bell. Got my man Ant Petty Murphy in the building. Still my boy. What's happening, bro? Nothing much, nothing much, man. Want to hear a funny story? Oh, Lord. So I was traveling today, right? Got on a uh most times. So when I when I travel, when I'm traveling, especially when I'm traveling from uh when I'm coming from Huntsville, I'm flying out of Huntsville. No matter where I'm going, it's always a crop duster. I'm always on a crop duster. <laughs> I say crop duster. It's a small plane. It's not. I know what you mean. Crop. I know what yeah, you mean. You know, because yeah. I know somebody's gonna be like, "Oh my God, he's on a crop." No, but listen. So I get on this plane. It's the first time I've ever flown United. Mm. Never flown United. And I get on it, and I'm looking. I'm like, it's so much leg room, bro. This was. It was so much room. On this plane, then there was nobody on my row. Oh boy, you know what to do. I ain't know what to do, but I know what I couldn't do. That was sleep because I left my neck pillow. Oh, Two man. and a half hours of trying to sleep. I'm talking about I just all I, I at least you got to watch Saints game. That wasn't on that plane. Oh, okay, the next okay. plane I got on. I got um, yeah. Oh, also, they weren't feeding. You had, you know, so they didn't feed me. They was like, you know, you can well, buy your leg room, man. You can't, you can't get that's both. What, that's why I'm saying. That's like, it's okay. So it's levels to this. I can either have no leg room or and a meal. I can get something to eat. So <laughs> and eat and drink. Then on top of that, when I did, they did give me the came by. I said, we get you a snack. You know, we got snacks. You know, you want pretzels? You want a fruit bar? I said, fruit bar. You know, because, you know, I'm trying to watch, you know. So let me do the fruit bar. Probably. It was like, it was like this big. It was like, I was like, uh, what in the world was that. this? It was like a uh, uh, apple and mango fruit bar. That was like jelly. It was like some kind of like some, some vegan fruit roll up type deal. It was good, though. It was good, but it yeah, was just roll up. It was, man. It was anyway. Man, we got a uh we got a good one tonight, man. Um looking yes, forward sir. to this conversation. Well, um we got we got a special guest in the building. Um yep, yep. <clears throat> his story. Um 
it's gonna be one. It's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, I think a lot of fans can relate. A lot of our fans can relate to it. Um, good stories. And so if they can't relate, they know somebody who can. Definitely, definitely. Um, but no, listen, we got LSU fans and Saints fans. I, I guarantee you, they can relate. Uh, so <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee, on T. <laughs> they can relate. Saints fans can relate. Yes, they definitely can. Uh, but man, you know what we got to do first, man. We got to give a shout out to our sponsors over at Bet Online. Uh, BetOnline.ag will be back in one minute. Hold on. We'll be back after I find the clip. Okay. Hold on. Let me fix it. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your sports information, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds, lines, and player injury reports for this year's NBA and NHL playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters. This season, we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. We have everything from NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL to golf, tennis, UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that you can play right from your home. Head on over to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Golden Boot fans and followers and friends. We got our man in the building. Mr. Brandon, say, 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 say ho, is in the building. He's the creator and host of the Mental Game. Welcome to the Golden Boot, sir. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Appreciate it, boys. I'm good. I, uh... Wow, this is good time. All right. The applause and everything. I like that picture from about five years ago. Um, <laughs> I had a little bit more hair and a little slimmer, but... All good. I appreciate y'all having me on. Sorry, I'm, I don't have my good mic. I uh, my my board just shorted yesterday at the home wow. studio, so I sorry Man. about that. I, oh, I'll try no to problem. Make it. No problem. All good. It's all thank, good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, truly do appreciate. Um, yeah, I, I looked. It, you got you got a lot of great pictures up there. Uh, you know, so on the Google <laughs> on the Google Sphere. I was like, let me find something where he doesn't have the mic in his hand, where he's you know showing that personality. So. Glad to have you with us, though. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I like you repping Alabama A&M. Is that your school? No. Well, I, I listen, I support all HBCUs. They seem to be a local one, so I can find a lot more shirts for them. Okay. For less money. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Well I, well, I covered Southern when I was in Baton Rouge, so like I saw okay. HBCU right away. I'm like, all right. I, yeah. Alabama A&M came up and played Cincinnati like – five or six years ago and of course they brought the band and it was lit it was awesome yeah 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 looking forward to i'm looking forward so, to season kickoff period cool you Me ain't too. lying brother yeah. you ain't lying so you in cincinnati correct i am yeah still living here um bounced i was in baton rouge for two years covering ellis saints and southern and then came back here in 2018 and then left that uh, that news job about it actually a year ago in three days. So it's kind of crazy looking back at yeah. at the way the last year has been. And we're live, by the way, right? Like this is on Facebook oh, yes. and everything right now right. and YouTube. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Yes, sir. I, I saw you guys start, start talking. I'm like, we got to be on a live show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all right. So I see Cincinnati stuff back there behind you. What's the feeling this year for the Bengals? I think it's got to be the year. I mean, I don't know how you, you know, two years ago, that was a year early. That was like the script was written. That was amazing. Um, it was, they were 140 away from winning the Super Bowl and that phantom holding call on Logan Wilson. I just like that post game show for me was hell. Um, but then last year, like, oh God, they were just that close boneheaded play at the end of the game by a rookie, which happens. It's okay. I'm not dogging the guy for it, but there were other – Joe Burrow had a chance twice with the ball in the last eight minutes to take the lead, and they didn't do it. Um, but I think this year has to be the year. I mean, you just have the core of guys still here. The contracts aren't getting in the way. It's the best offensive line they've had so far. They're missing some defensive pieces, but they drafted well. Um, Dax Hill played really well last year in the secondary. Um, you don't have Eli Apple uh, – I don't know if mouth and off is the right way to put it, but I know people yeah. in the boot really, really like that guy. So I took offense to the way he talks shit about New York. Can I cuss on here? Oh, yeah, hey. you're good. You're good. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Just sure. I took offense at like how he talks shit about New Orleans like and Louisiana as a whole. Nicest people, best food, a little hot. Besides that, though, <laughs> I, I love that place. Yeah. A lot hot right now. Oh, yeah, I, I know, but bang, it's bang been killing the past guys. month. I think this is going to be the year they finally host the AFC Championship game at home, and it's going to be a wild scene with the Chiefs. I like it. Let's, I like let's, it. Let's hope. Let's hope you're right on that, man. For our guy Joe's and and Jamar and them, all those LSU guys, for their sake. Please, please, man. I want to I, look. I've. I know Saints fans have had so, some bad luck with with um with playoff games and and but but mm-hmm. but look, I'm turning thirty this week, and I have never ever seen a championship by any of my teams, not just the Bengals. No Cincinnati team has won a championship since the Reds won in 1990. So, like, if you're going to root for anyone, you got the LSU ties in there. Root, root for yes, the Bengals. Uh, yes. And uh, the, Red, the Reds might be – they might be a couple years away from making some noise themselves with that young, hot team they got right now. Yeah, Ellie De La Cruz, man. I was at the uh, I was at the game when he had – he hit for the cycle in, like, the sixth inning. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're about two years ahead of schedule too, so they might be in the playoffs. Um, come come here in, in October, and I mean, if that's the case, you got Bengals and we're going at the same time. I mean, this place is going to be nuts. Good, Good time <laughs> yeah. to be in Cincinnati. Hell yeah! Before before we, before we get started, you know, uh, and asked you about you know Bengals fans. We see the the Bengals helmet in in the background. I'm gonna ask you about the most important thing in your background. Shroop Farms. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> big, big office fan. I hope one day I can have Rain Wilson on the show. That would be like, yeah. that'd be super cool. I'm hoping it, because he just put out that, he had his book, and then the, the, the series came out on Peacock, and it's like all about just like following your bliss and mental health, and so I hope I can get him one day. But yeah, no, one of my, I don't know which side, one of my coworkers at my old job gave me that. And I was like, that has to go on the set. Like, I've got to have that. Um, and I had Kate Flannery on. She was like my my second ever guest or third ever guest. And mm-hmm. so, as an office nut myself, like that was that was dope. Yeah, my I've actually got I, I've got a few office shirts, uh, like t shirts. Uh, I've got one that says yeah. "Assistant to the Regional Manager," <laughs> and then and then I've got um, 
it's funny because like when I was a, uh, I used to have to write, you know, papers for, for college. Yeah. Um, and so they were like, Hey, you have a made up company and stuff. And I used to always write, um, I was the IT guy for Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. And so <laughs> it was just, I mean, like all every paper I had, you know, and because it was like, Hey, you take this paper and you kind of adapt it and add, you know, more to the rubric. And so every paper I had, IT guy Dunder Mifflin, Dunder Mifflin, you know, and it's like they're joining with Scott Paper, and so you've got this merger. So yeah, it was. You know, you know what's yeah, really about The Office is it's. Um, I mean, obviously it's one of the greatest shows ever on TV. But if you go out to LA, because I did this when I was out there um, a few mm-hmm. months ago, you can go to the old lot where they had the show. It's like far out, like forty minutes outside of like where the other studios are at, like Warner Brothers and everything, but um there's nothing shooting on it so like you can't go in and see but you can see the outside like i mean i i went outside and just sat there for like a half hour i was like just looking in the parking lot and and i'm like god this is like my half my life of watching this show it's so dope like seeing um like just the outside and michael michael scott pulling up going it's britney bitch and like you're like oh i'm standing right here this is pretty crazy um <laughs> but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to la or you're out there again like that I'll, I'll shoot you guys the address or hit me up but it's just such a cool thing to just go out and see it because no one's used it um in the last few years so fans just go there every day and look at it it's cool yeah yeah, yeah I, um, dope. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Somebody was like, "You gotta watch The Office," and I watched the first episode. And I was like, "I'm not hooked." And then the second episode, the uh, what was uh, it? Uh, 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 uh st- it was the stereotypes. It was um, yeah, yeah, the, the diversity. diversity. Uh, it's called yeah, diversity. yeah. And Larry Wilmore was on that, and I was like, "Okay, I'm hooked. I'm hooked." So yeah, it's, um, it's probably it's probably the funniest funniest show I've seen, like series wise. It's, it's, it's nothing really competing with the office. Oh yeah, genius show. All right, but let's let's get down to to the to the nitty gritty. Um, how, let me ask this: How did you get started as far as the the? Oh, or maybe we should go back prior to before everything happened, and your current endeavor became what it is. Mm-hmm. What was life like for Mister Brandon Seho? Am I uh, saying that right? Is it? Is, you are. Right okay. for that. You, you like pause in the intro. I'm like, oh, is he gonna get it or is he gonna f it up? But you got <laughs> it. Uh, appreciate appreciate that because people get it wrong my whole life. It's funny when people recognize me and they'll say like, "Saho." I'm like, God, so close, so close. <laughs> um, no, but life life was good, man. I um I kind of got to live my dream when it came to to you know being a sports reporter, especially getting to do it in my hometown and, and cover the teams that I you know loved growing up. I mean, I, I remember when I first came back, my first week, uh, I remember walking out of the Reds dugout onto the field. And I'm like, that kid that like dreamed of playing for the Reds, you know, with a ball in the backyard was like, all right, we're doing this. This is cool. Um, but yeah, I got to live my dream and really, and going back to LSU and being in Baton Rouge and Southern and the Saints, I mean, that was something that was totally out of my comfort zone, just being from Ohio and, and watching the SEC on CBS on Saturdays or watching Drew B- Brees play when I was younger. Um, but getting to live out that dream as a sports supporter, it was really living the dream. I loved every second of it. Um, but I did have my, you know, internal stuff that I had dealt with since I was a freshman in high school. Um, that was the first time I'd ever thought about suicide. I was 14 and, you know, I didn't really stop until about 
um, about 13 months ago when I checked myself in and kind of got the help I needed with that. But it's just crazy because I look back and as much fun as I was having people like, you know, you're also suffering on the inside, which people really don't see. And even like now, like I'm doing some of my most fun work that I've ever done in my life. Um, like I get, I have Kay Adams on the show this week. Like some of the people oh, I've had on, it's insane. Dope. Like they're amazing. But like I'm sitting there today, like at the studio in downtown Cincinnati, and I'm like, God, I'm just, I'm just worn out. I'm just tired of shit. Like what do I do? Like it's, it's an up and down battle. But now that I've gone through all that and experienced it, I have the tools to kind of power through where I'm not. I don't think I'll ever get back to rock bottom. That was a long ass answer, but. I talk for a living, so. <laughs> so okay, you you mentioned checking yourself in for help. What what got you to the point to where you realized, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need to go get some help. Um, I just so the the year that really did it for me was the the Bengals Super Bowl season in twenty twenty one, in about a three month span, um right around the end of the season and, and, and leading up to the Super Bowl, uh, my grandma died. My mm. uncle, who was my godfather, died. And then my cousin Ben, who was like my older brother, had a heart attack at 32 the day before the Bengals-Titans game. And he was supposed to be in Tennessee meeting me there for the game to like hang out afterwards. And then at the same time, woman that I thought, you know, I, I might marry, her and I were going through a toxic breakup. And it was just like – everything happening at once in those three months I was suicidal every day and I just couldn't um I couldn't live anymore I mean I literally told you know I remember telling my mom like I'm I won't be alive if I don't go check somewhere go check in somewhere it's it's crazy to look back because I can't believe that I was in that state of mind and it was just you know um last April's when I checked in or, or late March so just over a year um but I had battled that shit for a long time over out like over throughout my entire life like i said since i was 14 it was never that bad it would flare up every couple months or something like that where i'd you know be drunk walking home from a bar and 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 think like am i gonna feel this loneliness forever um should i should i just jump off this bridge in downtown cincinnati um there's a time where i had my my cousin come pick me up at the casino because i was sitting there on the curb thinking about laying down in traffic. Um, and then like the time that I really, it really clicked for me, like during that three month period was at like 11 AM. I took, um, I took, you know, some pills and I wrote a goodbye letter sober, you know, basically saying goodbye to my mom and my ex. And I like slept for like three hours from the pills and then woke up. And when I woke up, I was like, you know, fuck, I gotta, like, I'm not gonna be here if I don't, if I don't do something about it. And so that was like the moment where it clicked, but I didn't know what else to do. I didn't have any other, I didn't have any other options, um, you know, and thank God I had the willpower to, to say that because what I've learned is speaking up and talking about it more and the different guests I have on or different places I go to tell my story. You know, there's a lot of people that, that don't have that, um, that don't have that willpower or don't know what to do or have not, or just, it's a very instinctual thing. Either there's, there's, there's one, you know, my mom's the reason why I'm alive. I, I could never, mm -hmm. you know, I could never imagine my mom going to my funeral um, 
or or having to you know not to be you know too far down that path but id me or whatever like yeah. it's just when i've been sitting there thinking about jumping off a bridge or like just you know uh, you know other things that i've gone through when i've been in that moment that's what's that, that's what's kept me here and it's um it's just weird to look back and see that's where i was that's where i was but I mean, it was like that for months and months and months, off and on for years, just a feeling of being alone. And then those three months, I mean, it was, it was awful. So I, first of all, kudos to you for having the courage to discuss this. Um, But I've, I've been there before myself. I've actually attempted suicide twice. It just wasn't my time. Um, The gun jammed once and then I took a whole bunch of pills, but my body just rejected them and threw them up. So I, I didn't go necessarily to rehab treatment, get help, but that's kind of when I realized I needed counseling therapy and stuff like that to deal with this because I can't deal with it on my own. Um, At what point did you, after therapy, at what point did you realize that you still needed, you know, help? You still needed community around you. You still needed people because, like you say, it's still up and down, even though you went and got help. It's still a roller coaster. It's still a journey. So what, like, who do you have in your circle and around you to kind of keep you grounded and kind of keep you where you need to be mentally? Well, first off, thank you for sharing that. And obviously, like, I'm overjoyed and happy that 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 gun jammed and those pills didn't work because yeah, I remember yeah, number guy, you, man, number guy, yeah, no, absolutely. And the way that you uh. When I, we talked on the radio the other day and you emailed me, like I just felt, you know, you got you got a real purpose being here. So thank you for Appreciate telling your story. It. And I'm, I'm so happy you're here um, for me. Like I didn't even start going to therapy until 2020 when like the world shut down, which like yeah. I'm I, I'm patient zero <laughs> that's been suicidal since I was 14 or, and dealt with, you know, a lot of different things since then. And um, so that was tough. But then I loved it when I went and I thought, you know, I was doing better. I was going through things. And then when this hit, it was like, you know, I just called my therapist that next day and was like, I need to go somewhere. I don't know where I need to go. I have a couple ideas. Like, can you just put me in somewhere? Can you write a recommendation to literally get me in there tomorrow? And so that's what they did. And I had to, you know, file for disability with work. I wasn't on TV for two or three weeks. Um, I was going through the stuff with my ex still at that point. And it was, I mean, those first two days checking in were, I mean, that first day was like the, the hardest, but best day of my life because I needed to be there. But I know I'll never forget like <clears throat> signing, you know, papers with a nurse in this little small room. And you just realize that you're at a mental hospital or a mental health hospital, whatever you want to call it. And it's just like that shock of this is where I'm at in life. And in it, um, reality. yeah, it set in and, um, it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows when I got out. It was those first two days I didn't want to open up at all. And I remember something very clear. And I've told this story a bunch. Um, but like the third day, you're in this classroom, basically, for most of the time. You'll see a therapist or a psychiatrist. But you're in this classroom with 20, 25 people each day. And it's people of every race, every age, every background, black, white, from from 18 years old to 80 years old and everyone has something in common and it's you know they didn't want to be here and and so we're all trying to learn how to how to live and how to figure out how to deal with these emotions 
And I wasn't really opening up those first couple of days. And, and the psychiatrist that was leading this one session just said, but Brandon, why aren't you opening up? And I'm like, I just, you know, I've just always been a bitch my whole life. And, and she's just like, all right, stop right there. That's the problem. I'm like, I mean, that's mental health, especially with men's mental health. Is that there's that stigma around, you know, being emotional and talking about it or, you know, calling yourself a bitch. And I'm like, well, I've just always been like that. So that's, um, I just thought it was just a me thing. And that didn't click for me that it was a, you know, everyone's mental health matters, but the stigma with men and what I've learned from speaking with guys like Ryan Shazier and Ricky Williams and Nate Brillison, black men too. I mean, that there's, there's a lot of stigmas when it comes to, to men. And so mm -hmm. learning that, um, learning that firsthand and then realizing it and trying to use this platform to kind of get men to open up and talk about it more. That's definitely motivated me, but things that I do now, um, you know, I'll be honest. The toughest thing is not having, um, you know, my ex in my life anymore. I mean, that's just like the, that, that was just like, you have that go-to person where like, I got my, like, I got my best friend, but he's like, you know, married, has a kid and he's got his own life. You got your family, you got your friends, but like, um, that was kind of tough, um, getting over that for a while. And I'm over that relationship and past that all, but like just that person being there, like when I hang up from you guys, like there's not somebody that I call and like end my day with or, and so yeah. for me, that's, that's stuff that I struggle with because that's a feeling that I've had my entire life. And then I thought it was like, never going to be like that again. And now it is. But what I've learned is that I'm like, finally, for the first time in my life, I'm happy on my own. I, I can be okay. Do I want to get married and have kids and all that shit? Of course I do. But it's not like what I'm focused on every single day um, and depressed about and just, you know, so upset about. But so I just make sure I, you know, I go to therapy, um, not as much as I did before, but I still go. I try to just, you know, I'm, I just hit six months sober um, like two weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, it's made a huge difference and it, it's, you know, mental health and alcohol aren't a great, or, you know, depression and alcohol aren't a great combo. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that's helped, but just, just realizing like learning things like it, none of it's rocket science. And I don't mean that to like demean the amazing work that these mental health professionals are doing, but a lot of it isn't rocket science. It is just, we're never taught it. It should be taught along with math, science, English, life skills in school, like just healthy coping mechanisms, how to set boundaries, how to how to deal with grief. Like when you're and, and so I hate that I was in that that spot where I didn't want to live anymore. But the fact that I got to spend two weeks, even though I didn't like it at the time to just sit there and focus and learn and figure out how to do all that stuff. And now I've started to apply it these last few months. That has been the life saving thing that every single person needs to learn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was in the I was in the military and um of course suicide is is huge in the military community. It's something yeah. that they they're always combating. Um and so we've always gone through classes, uh uh recognizing uh possible signs, uh things to do. Um, but then I'll I'll never forget it. Uh December 16th, I'm sorry, December 17th. Uh, 2018, I believe. Um, one of my close friends in the military uh, posted a message on on Instagram. It was just a picture. It was a it was a black background with the peace sign. And so I was thinking, I said, "Oh, he's getting off of he's getting off 
you know, Instagram. Um, I was going to call and I didn't call. And I got a call or I got a text at 11 at night that he was gone. Um, mm. I basically woke up the entire house screaming and, and, and crying. Um, got calls all the next morning uh, from some of our other uh, battle buddies asking why. And we never knew why. Um, but I always wondered, and, and it's something that that I, I know I can't control, uh, but I always wondered what I could have done. Um, or if there's something I, if I had a call when I thought about calling when I saw the message. Um, so that that always bothered me. But it's, it's and I, I guess, you know, talking to you guys, um, is there something, and, and I know, and you know, you 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 revealed that you attempted. Is there something that if someone would have spoken to you, or or same with you, Brandon, if someone would have spoken to you, or said something, uh, would it have helped? I think that's a good question. Yeah, I think each situation is different. Um, what I've learned is is two things. One, um, you can't blame yourself for not calling. Right. Um, that's one thing I, you know, I don't want you to do. Um, two, it's unfortunately people that, you, you know, you, everyone can help you. Everyone can call. They can, they can force you to go to rehab. They can do everything, but it comes down to one thing and it's the person in the mirror. Um, that's, that's what I've learned. And you can have guidance to that. And um, yes, you know, maybe you calling could have, could have helped. Um it probably would have helped, you know, that, and that's things that you got to think about. I had a guy that I went to high school with that, that was reaching out to me on Instagram the last few months. And then um, he just never set a date on like for us to grab drinks, talk about life. And, you know, a month goes by and I get the call from my other friend that he took his life. I have to go to that funeral. And I think about, I'm looking around at all of our high school buddies and his family and I'm going, this could have been me a year ago. Um, I don't know if, if there's a right, answer i just try to tell everybody like do something if you're on either side of it if you're feeling that way do something call your mom call your friend like g drive to the hospital do something no matter what it is just do something and two like you know feelings are temporary it's it's so hard to look at it in that moment of the instantaneous depression and those suicidal thoughts but i mean it really is temporary good and bad like you can be riding some high like you know from, from some big thing that happens in your life, but you got to remember to stay even keel because you don't want to go fall in those lows again. But yeah, that, I mean, that's just kind of some of the things I think of, um, you know, and obviously you can piggyback on that. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you, man. It, it, each, each instance is kind of its own separate entity in a sense. Um, the first time I attempted suicide, yeah, reach, somebody reaching out probably would have helped. Um, Cause I kind of felt alone and I kind of felt like there was nobody there for me. But the mm -hmm. second time it wouldn't have mattered cause I had already made up my mind that I didn't want to be alive anymore. So, you know what I mean? Like there was nothing that anybody could have said that could have made me change that. Ultimately I had to change that mindset of my own and I had to get that feeling out of my, out of my system. So it, it, it like I said, it kind of just depends on how that person's feeling at the time. And what has pushed that person to that point? Um, 
because you know we they can they can get to that destination from various journeys you know what i mean it doesn't always get it's not always a, a one one-way street there um but as far as like if you do feel like it reach out because it can't hurt you know what i mean it could it can't hurt it can't make the situation worse the only thing that you could do is make it better honestly um but I don't I don't like Brandon said, I don't want you to feel like you're responsible in any way because you didn't reach out. Right. Um, because at the same time, sometimes we don't know what to do. Um, we don't know what we don't know what that person needs. So we don't want to we don't want to bother them or we don't want to push them or set them off or whatever the case may be. So we kind of just stand off and don't do anything. But just reach out and see if they need something. Just listen a lot of times you could just be a, a ear for people and that'll be a, a a big a big thing for them so um if you if you don't know what to do just reach out um but at the same time if you don't reach out don't feel like you're responsible yeah it's just now, I, um yeah go ahead now i was just going to say how did you how did you get from that that point in your life to where okay you're out of rehab or you're out of the hospital uh, you know you're you're getting your life back together walk us through that 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 you know point of your life of how do you go from that point to where you are now um god it's a challenge it it really is and there's a lot of different things that you know filtered into mine um just with having a public job and and being away for a little bit of time and then coming back and, and, um, you know, my, my ex was like still around in my life at that point too. Um, and it was just because of circumstance and it was just like, it was really tough. Those, those two, three months after, um, I did not, you know, think about suicide again, but I was still depressed and, and trying to figure out ways to get through it. Um, I would say for me finding, you know, this new kind of purpose of, of, of telling my story and, and getting other people to that, that maybe haven't before. I think that's kind of been therapy in its own right for me. Um, you know, I'm doing some, some speaking engagements coming up and I go to different schools or go on the radio or come on this podcast. And that's very, very cathartic for me. Um, to be able to talk about it and see if there's any way I can help people. But it did take a while. Um, I felt alone for a long, long time. And, you know, there's still moments that I do, but those moments last about 30 seconds compared to three months. And yeah. um, that, that makes a difference, but finding a new purpose and figuring out how to move on and deal with grief and, and, it's, it's a hard question to answer because I really don't know how I've done it. But time, I hated this when people told me it, but time really does heal a lot. I mean, it's so corny and cliche and I hate it and you don't love it when people are saying it to you. But it is true. I mean, I left my job uh, a year ago this week and I had a logo and an idea for, you know, the company that I started and the show that I started. And I would have never guessed that this is where I would be a year later, knowing what I had just come out of. So that's like that feelings are temporary thing. Like just 
like understanding that you're not going to be stuck in this place forever, but you also have to put in the effort to get out of that spot too. Yeah. Let, um, let me ask this. Are there some resources uh, that you know about now uh, that you didn't know about before that um, possibly, you know, or, you know, can assist, you know, for someone else who may have, you know, similar feelings, but just don't have the resources. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously the 988 hotline, which is the old 1-800 lifeline number, that is like, you know, something that I have never used, but knowing about it and just having like going to that, going to, you know, type that in Google and seeing everything that's there or learning about different nonprofits that are in, you know, Ohio or Cincinnati or wherever you live. Like I, I guarantee if somebody's struggling and you type in, you know, mental health resources in Huntsville or in Baton Rouge or in Lafayette, like it, it's going to come up really, really quick. It's going to be easy to navigate and you're going to be able to find out like how you can do things like the, the, the telehealth stuff with, with, um, you know, being able to just talk to somebody through a better help app or any other therapy app, like that is so like key because it feels like so much less. I like going in person myself, but for somebody that's maybe new to it, maybe they don't. Those resources are huge. And for me, like one of the biggest things is like listening to podcasts, like listening to different people talk. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of the things that helped me quit drinking was listening to, you know, celebrities or athletes that I was like trying to model some of my career off of listening to them speak about what going sober did for them and why they can't drink anymore or don't want to drink anymore and how it's helped them. Like, I'll give you two examples. Um, one was Jack Harlow after his like first album came out and someone was asking if he was going to party and pop bottles. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not drinking. Like, I don't have a problem. I don't think, but like, this is my time to like do my shit and to like achieve my dreams. And so I'm not fucking that up. And I'm like, that resonates. And so I kept, you know, kept drinking, but that stayed in the back of my mind. But Theo Vaughn, who's like my favorite comedian right now, he is like just Mm -hmm. amazing. His podcast is dope, but he was having an interview with logic and Logic and Theo's been, he had been sober for a long time. I think he relapsed like less than two years ago, but now he's been sober again for 12, 14, 16 months. But Theo was asked by logic, why don't like, why do you think you can't drink or why don't you want to drink? And he's like, I'm just worried that if I drink, it'll lead to other things or I won't be here for this interview tomorrow with you or I won't be at this show this weekend. And when I heard that, that was like when it snapped in my head because I've had so many of those nights where I'm out closing down clubs and bars till three or four in the morning and I'm just in autopilot mode. And then I wake up and I almost miss a show or miss an interview or miss something. And it's like, this is like, this is the time. Like you get one chance at this. And so um yeah all of those but i just like hearing people's story and how they can be relatable i'm sure you you know you guys have had that when you're listening to different athletes or musicians talk about the shit they've been through it just hits different yeah yeah i will i will say the 988 uh resource is a very useful one i've used it myself um in the past and it's very easy to use you just text 988 and just say i need help just whatever you want to say and there'll be someone there who can talk to you through it um, and who will be there for you. Because, like I said earlier, most of the times 
that's all people need is someone who is there to listen to them and be there for them when they're going through what they're going through. Um, so that's a great resource for anybody who feels alone or who feels like they just need someone to talk to. 988, just text it, call it, whatever. There will be somebody there for you at any time of the day. And the Better Help app also, I agree with that. That's a good way to find resources in your area or do, through the tele, um, through the app, just doing it uh, virtually. There's uh, all kind of resources uh, through that app as well. Well, Brandon, you've talked to a whole bunch of athletes. You've talked to a whole bunch of celebrities about mental health. What's some of the, I guess, not surprises, but guess what are some of the things that were kind of eye openers to you when you heard it uh, from coming from, from from some of celebrities' mouths? Yeah, people always ask me like, what stands out if there's a certain interview or person, and I've you know I've got to meet some really cool people and have some amazing conversations because you know there's not really a platform like mine where they can come on and just kind of be themselves and talk about mental health, which is why I started it because it kind of fits both things for me, the journalism and the mental health that I'm, that I'm passionate about. Um, but the one thing I've learned is that everyone struggles. Everyone goes through shit. It doesn't matter if you've won a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter if you've been on the office. It doesn't matter if, if you're this, you know, platinum selling musician, like everybody struggles and goes through shit. And so that's been the common denominator through every single interview. And it can be all levels. You know, some people struggle with like daily anxiety of, of different things. Some people have gone through the same stuff that you and I have or some stuff like, you know, what you've gone through with losing a friend and feeling like you were, you know, you could have been there to help and trying to cope with that after. I mean, it has been eye opening just hearing stories and hearing that every single person goes through this shit. And I think um just for everyone 2020 did that to a lot of people made people look in the mirror and, and figure mm -hmm. out what's you know what's up with their mental health but when it comes to these conversations i mean you know like i'll use ricky for an example because i'm assuming you guys are big fans of him obviously when he you know was a running back for the saints and Definitely. just being that electric dude out of texas um he you know failed the drug testing got suspended for a year in the nfl for for smoking weed like which is crazy. And he joked with me, like I was 20 years ahead of my time. It was like my anxiety. <laughs> like, you like to have a beer when you, yeah. you know, when you're anxious, you're going through something. I like you to just smoke a little bit. I'm like, I, you know, I agree with you. And so he like felt like the world was out to get him. And so he, that's why he wore his helmet during interviews in new Orleans for that little bit of time, because he's like, you guys are making up stories about how I'm this piece of shit person or I'm this bad person. Um, like, I'm not going to give you the respect of being able to ask me questions or see my face when you don't even respect what I say. And so things like that um, were, were, you know, eye opening and it made me kind of just think like, damn, like everybody does go through stuff or like Kate Flannery plays Meredith on the office. When I reached out to her, she's like, yeah, no one's ever asked me about my mental health in an interview. And I'm like, how are you like a star in one of the biggest TV shows ever? And no one's ever talked about it. But when I go back to think about like when we were in school, we never heard shit about mental health. So why would a reporter ask a celebrity about it? It is just yeah. like, that's the thing is that it's all relatable. And that's been the cool thing is that I hope that somebody that, you know, let's say I had Joe Burrow's parents on. I hope somebody that's an LSU fan that listened to that, that heard um, Robin Burrow talk about how, how Joe and her and Jimmy felt compassionate about the stories that she would tell when kids would come home and they wouldn't have food to eat 
or they were going through something mental health wise at, at school because of a rough upbringing at home and, and they weren't and they helped them go to therapy or paid medical bills or whatever it is. I hope there's somebody that's an LSU fan or someone that's in Athens, Ohio that goes, damn, like, okay, I should reach out for help too. Like if, if, if the boroughs say it's okay, then, then I should be able to, or I had Joe Thomas on who, you know, just got inducted into the hall of fame, legendary Browns offensive lineman. He talked about a a story he's never told where um, after his last time losing to Tom Brady, he broke down and cried in front of his wife for the last time because he realized his whole career was a failure. This is a guy that's in the hall of fame. But he realized yeah. his whole career was a failure because they lost in Cleveland so much. And he went and saw the Browns team psychiatrist the next day and has seen a therapist or gone, you know, to, to yoga or meditation or done something to help his mental health ever since. And so that I hope some Browns fan or Wisconsin fan where he went to college that's going through some divorce or got fired from their job or just going through some shit can say, hey, if this big badass offensive lineman that's in the Hall of Fame can go to a therapist, so can I. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're an inspiration, bro. I don't. That's I don't know about that, but I like to talk. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, because honestly, if you can, if you can get, if you can get other people to open up about their mental health struggles, and you can help somebody, then you, you know what I mean. Then you, you've done everything that you've been put out, out, out on this earth to do, man. You, you, you've got somebody to. You've gotten somebody help. You've, you've made somebody's life better, bro. That's all you can ask for, man. Well, thank you for saying that. And that has been the cool thing is that I've realized that this is really what I was meant to do. And I feel that every time I sit down to do an interview, because you have people that, that, that open up and talk about things that they've never talked about publicly. And for people to trust me with that story and know that it's going to go, you know, it could go on ESPN or it could go on NBC News like. That is really powerful. And I used to have people come up to me, and I still get people to come up to me and talk about sports, and I love that. Someone wants to talk about the Bengals. That's how we started this show. But, like, it's a lot more impactful conversations now because somebody will come up and tell me about, um, you know, their brother that, 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 you know, lost their life to suicide. Or they're talking about how they saw an episode of the show and it helped them go to therapy. That is the cool thing, and it's just me trying to pass that on. And that's why I never say no to coming on a podcast or a radio show or a TV show because, um, you know, I won't lie. Like, I'm tired as shit. I, I, I was, like, a little sick earlier today. But if, if someone in this chat or someone on Facebook is, like, has never thought about therapy before, but us three talking about it kind of mm-hmm. gives them that green light to call somebody tonight or call somebody tomorrow, mm-hmm. that makes all this worth it. Yeah. I um the the older I get, the more I understand a lot of a lot of things that um songs and stuff. Um Smokey Robinson's uh Tears of the Clown. Mm-hmm. Um people will, you know, look at comedians and you know how they make them laugh and stuff. Um, but don't realize that a lot of the com- comedy comes from pain. Um a lot of things that happen. Uh Robin Williams. It's probably, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, you know, most joyful people, at least on outside um, that we've you know ever had. And he ended his his life. Um, same with um, Anthony Bourdain. Um, traveled the world, saw many things and and and, and while out, you know, took his own life. Uh, so mean, you, you, you never know what people. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not to interrupt you, but you got the pistol, the picture of Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, like less than 24 hours before he commits suicide with his wife and kids, and he looks happy as can be. And 24 hours later, you, we know what happened. So, I mean, yeah. like you say, you you, just, never, you could be happy, but you never know. Right. It's like um, Twitch. That that one hit me so hard. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That I, I still yeah see see videos of him dancing and stuff, and it's like you just wonder. Um, I, I say I say all that to say that we've we've seen a turn, uh, especially of late, of where mental health is a a big topic um, in the world. Uh, people are talking about it more and more. Even Ted Lasso. Um, yeah. They had several episodes where the psychiatrist was there and she was a, a big part of the show to to help out, you know, and help the team success. Um, it seems like now that is is so prevalent and it, it's, 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 so, it's so refreshing to now be able to open up. And as you start off talking about how especially men, we look at, you know, we're vulnerable or we don't want to be seen as vulnerable. But now, you know, we're opening up a lot more and, and getting that help. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really cool to see it open up. And I think that started um, about five years ago or maybe, you know, five to 10 years ago. But like I said, COVID, that was like when it kind of clicked in 2020, I think, during that year when everyone was at home by themselves or with their family. Um, it has changed and it's opened up. And for someone that's suffered, um, you know, pretty much in silence, crying by myself at home or, or drinking myself to bed, um it has been really cool to see that turn. There's a lot of work to do. There's different things that, that are still, you know, messed up about mental health and the way the world looks at it or the way insurance operates. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm six months sober switching different insurance to try to get the best one for me. And I get denied for alcohol abuse because I went and got help. And I told a therapist that I drink a lot. And now I'm, blacklisted from one of the biggest carriers for 10 years because they are legally allowed to do that. I mean, it's, it's, this is a very, very packed sentence. And I, and I want to speak a lot or learn a lot before I speak on insurance and the way that stuff works and the government and everything. But it seems like um, some of these insurance carriers and the way laws are written, they would rather you not be here than go get help, fix yourself and it's just crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so there's still work to be done is what I'm saying with that, but it has been night and day seeing what it's been like the last two or three years. Or like I, I, I put out something on Instagram the other day and I just said, I'm going to spend a week in Cincinnati going out. Like, and I'll, I'll come to any school, any work, whatever. And I'll talk to people for four days. And I'm like booked up to 20 places throughout those four days. It like wow. went like that. I, I thought I'd get like two or three, but that just shows you how like, people want to talk about it and a lot of people don't know where to start or it's like intimidating to them if it's like a 988 or it's a nonprofit or some mental health organization so if i can be that gap to just say to start the conversation so that the school or or the workplace brings in an organization that can have the resources or i can help them link them to the resources that's kind of what i want to do because the conversation has opened up a lot yeah yeah, and I think it's starting to become less less taboo. But <clears throat> I think to your point, I think there still is a lot of work to be done as far as pointing out signs of people who need help, 
you know what I mean, things of that nature, making resources more available for everyone because there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily around resources and don't have the means to get the resources to them. So things yep. of that nature. Um, but I, I do agree, Pooh, that we're, we're making a lot of strides. But my thing mm-hmm. is, I just hope that this isn't a temporary thing. I hope that this is to here to stay. And that it's just not a fad in the, in the moment right now to where mental health's a cool topic, but in five years from now, we'll be right back to where we were 20 years ago. Yeah, I, I just, I, I can't see that happening just because the way the world is right now. I mean, if everyone's, yeah. we want to help everyone's mental health get better, but unfortunately with whatever's happening in the, every person's life, it feels like it's just getting harder, whether that be politics, social media, everything you know it's just it's tough on people right now yeah um what is um i guess for what you do and i know you're not necessarily asking for for help but how can people help you to do your work listen watch retweet you know tell people about it I start every episode out just telling, you know, if you're loving what we're doing, tell family and friends, tell people like, and it's so easy because it's like, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, some athletes that, I, you know, if you have a friend that's a Steelers fan, just send them the Ryan Shazier episode and be like, Hey, you know, you're going to like this. And it's some real talk. Um, things like that. I just, um, that's been cool is seeing it grow organically, you know, I'm a one man company, one man show. Luckily I've worked in TV and sports for almost 10 years. So I've got some connections and I get some guests that most people don't. Um, but at the end of the day, it's me running this business and I'm behind today and I'm sick and I'm about to go to bed after we get off here. Um, I got to wake up at 8am and get this shit going because there's no one else that's doing it, but me. Um, so just sharing it and, and giving honest feedback that that's, that's all people can do. And hopefully when, you know, um, when I'm in your city shooting one or I'm back in the boot or I'm back in Baton Rouge in new Orleans, like I'd love to, you know, come to speak at people's schools or, or, or at their business or just go out for a happy hour. I'm not going to drink anymore. I don't think, but you know, just, just be there and be able to have those conversations because just being personable and relatable, that's the number one of the top things. I don't know if it's the number one thing, but it's one of the biggest things that helps people feel better about their mental health. I'm just a normal guy. I have a podcast and uh, please listen to it and tell people that might need it. Cause I think it has, has helped, um, you know, a decent amount of people so far. Yes. Uh, you continue doing what you're doing, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you guys. I, uh, you know, anytime I'll come on here, like I said, if I'm back down your way, um, are you in Huntsville Pooh? I am. I'm in Huntsville. Well, okay, Athens, where- but Huntsville area. Yeah. Okay, and where are you at, Ant? I'm in Monroe. Okay, gotcha. I'm in Louisiana, All right. but I'm in Monroe, yeah. Gotcha. All right, well, whenever I'm back, either in Alabama or Louisiana, we got to link up because I love this yeah. energy. And thank you guys good. for taking the time to talk about this, and, and I see the chat's thankful too. So um, yeah. I appreciate it because the more people talk talk about it, talking saves lives. That's what I go by. Um, it's yeah. true. So yeah. thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, no yeah, problem. Thank you, too, man. Yeah, and I know you're you're tired and ready to to get off. I got one <laughs> one one last question for you're you. Good, and you're it's, good. It's kind of away from from that topic. Um, Dream girl, Rihanna. 
<laughs> you know what? Not a bad choice. Not a no, bad like, choice. You no, know, I, I actually, you know, I've heard um, uh, who she married to. Travis is that Travis Scott? Yeah, Ace out. No, it, it out. You know, it, it is. They, my, they, I, were I, split. I, they were split. I'm there, baby. I, listen, I, I got a rule. Uh, if he can't, um, if he can't beat you up, she's single. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, Edward Moore says, "How how can we uh how can we follow you?" Uh, just uh, this sounds stupid to say, but just Google um either my name or the Mental Game. You can find it on YouTube, every podcast platform. You go on Apple, Spotify, just type in my name or the Mental Game, and I think it'll be the first one that pops up. Um, let, me, let me show this. Uh, on here, if you look this, um, if you God, go to YouTube, <laughs> if you go to YouTube, <laughs> uh, the mental game. I typed it in. You'll see this logo. Um, that that is him. If you go on YouTube, you'll definitely see him there. So, yeah. No, thank you for everyone for that, that said comments in there, and and thank you guys. Yeah, just it's uh it's been cool. It's been it's been fun. It's, it's moments like this that I really don't get like emotional or think about things until yeah. I'm in moments like this. And that's a good yeah. thing because it brings me back. Like sometimes in the work that you do, you get used to or numb to certain things. Um, so I'm glad we got to talk about this. This was awesome. Right, yep, no man. When, when we had that, uh, when we had that talk on the radio that day, I knew, I knew I had to get you on the show, bro. Cause I knew that a 15 minute segment on the radio wasn't enough for, for me to hear your story and, and for uh, you to get this, the word out to to more people, man. So appreciate you for coming on, brother. Anytime you want to come back, you're welcome. You open door policy here. Whenever you want to come back, we'll we'll have you on, bro. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And if there's ever anything I can do, someplace at work or wherever, get me on a Zoom call with everybody. We'll rile them up and talk mental health. All right. We'll Sounds do, good. Appreciate you, man. All right. Appreciate it, boys. Ladies Thank and you. gentlemen, yes, that was our good man, Mr. Brandon. Say, 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 ho. Man, I don't know if we can uh, top. No, nah, listen, I've learned my lesson. We've had shows where we've had great guests, and then we tried to do stuff after it. Let me do this. I'm going to say this. Uh, we had topics we wanted to talk about as far as uh, NFL preseason. Um, we had some good altar calls and stuff. After the conversation we just had tonight, I think that's it. Yeah, I agree There's with you. Bro. We'll, we can save all that for we can save all that for another day. Yeah. Uh y'all find your people, love on them, give them hugs and kisses. Uh life is short. Reach out to somebody. Yes. Make sure, you know what I'm saying? Check on check on somebody. You never know that that call could be, you know, something that makes them change their mind about something, but uh yeah. I don't have anything else. No, nah, man, I think you just said it all right there. Reach out to your loved ones, your friends, family, people that you hadn't heard from in a while. Just let them know you're thinking about them. You're there if they need anything, man. Um, you never know what that what that phone call, what that text message could do, what, what it means to that person. And um, just be there for people, man. 988, if you're going through it and if you need to reach out to somebody, 988, man. Call, text, whatever time of day, somebody will be there for I do this so you. much. Uh, everyone said when when a person crosses your mind, reach out to them. Listen, I uh I um I've got some friends like homeboys that you know so I've known since middle school. Um, I randomly call you know say, hey man, you know you crossed my mind. You want to tell you I love you. Yep, Boom, straight up, bro. Um, Never know when it's the last chance you'll get. You're right. You're right. So, um, 
but man, I, I do, you know, what I'm saying appreciate Brandon for coming on. Um, hey, nothing else. We'll be back um uh, next week with the golden boot. We'll be back tomorrow with HBCU hour. Like that. We out. This show was presented by betonline.ag. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on Twitter at Golden Boot. On Instagram at Golden Boot. On YouTube at The Golden Boot Pod. On Facebook at The Golden Boot Pod. Golden Boot! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.